The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome to Passion, a show all about love, sex, and relationships. My name is Paris. I'm sitting in for Dr. Lori. She is away. She's on vacation in Europe, and you can witness it all if you follow her at Dr. Lori Batito on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. She's uploading pictures. She is having a beautiful time. I believe she's in London, and she's going to go to a bunch of other places, and she'll be back on May 27th. So not this coming Monday, but next Monday. I'll be keeping her chair warm while she's away. I always am careful to not say I'm filling in for her because I like to be clear I'm not a doctor. I do produce her show, so I'm privy to a lot of sexual education topics, but I'm in no way shape or form, uh, able to give you any qualified uh, advice as she does during the evening. So whenever she's away, I bring in a co-host or someone to help me along. And tonight we are going to discuss sex in the news. We're going to talk about research. We're going to talk about certain topics I found online. And Davison joins me in studio. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. She's very peachy. I am. I'm wearing like a bright coral hoodie. It's a mesh hoodie. It's a little bit sexy, a little bit sporty. But you're fully covered underneath with like a (laughs) t-shirt. She says mesh, but she's fully covered with two layers and sleeves. So you want me to take that off? Absolutely not. You can be comfortable and as ease. Where can people connect with you? They can find me at Davison Video on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. I love TikTok so much. And I am on Patreon at patreon.com slash Davison Video for my uncensored work because I produce that. Davison is a media producer, by the way. She's also a host, and she's joined us multiple times on Friday, and we enjoy your company. So you get invited back. It is always a pleasure to have you. So first up, I wanted to talk about public displays of affection. I found this on thecanadaguide.com. It's in the culture, manners, and etiquette section. And I want to invite our listeners to join in the conversation because they claim that Canadians have basically a general feel about public displays of affection. And I want to know how you feel about public displays of affection. 514-800, let us know. And we're going to also find out from Davison how she feels. So according to this article, it says, there's something of an ongoing debate in Canadian society regarding public displays of affection or PDAs, such as cuddling or passionately kissing in public places. Some may find such displays easy to ignore, while others consider them quite gross and offensive. Unfairly or not, same-sex partners continue to be judged more harshly in this regard. Most Canadians consider their sex lives a very private matter and may regard hearing about other people's as unsettling, if not disgusting. In most cases, even mentioning things such as sex organs or sexual acts is considered highly tasteless in any public setting. Again, if you're joining us right now, I'm quoting that from thecanadaguide.com. It's from their culture, manners, and etiquette section. And I want to find out if if you agree with that. 514-800. Let us know how you feel about public displays of affection. Davison, these are intense words. They are. Disgusting. Yeah. Highly tasteless. Wow. How do you feel about public displays of affection? And well, what what is what is your scale of PDA? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I feel like it shifted over the years and we unfortunately are becoming more socially conservative 
right? There's a huge push lately towards sexual conservatism in the media, which I think is bleeding on over into culture and into society. So, um, I mean, I think that you perhaps should just keep it at like a nice little peck on the lips. The moment, moment tongues get involved, that's a little bit more like, please do that behind closed doors, though. In some contexts, I suppose it's okay. Like if your spouse is taking off at the airport for a while, then it's okay. But maybe dropping off uh, your spouse at work, breaking out the tongue is a little bit excessive. Okay. Uh, I think, I mean, I agree with the article that I get the general sense that people don't want to see other people starting to engage in in sexual acts in front of them, right? Unless they're at a swingers party. We're talking about public displays of affection. According to the CanadaGuide.com, Canadians are a little more on the conservative side and we do not appreciate passionate kissing and cuddling in public. And most Canadians, according to this website, most Canadians consider their sex lives very private and regard hearing about others as unsettling and coming from a show where we discuss love, sex and relationships. I would love to know uh, from our listeners how you feel about it. 514-800. How do you feel like, let's say beyond a public setting, let's say the private setting is like dinner uh, at a at a friend's house or at your own home where you have siblings there. What if your sibling's partner cuddles or caresses them or kind of leans in for a peck on the lips? It's all context, right? Like, are we all sitting around watching a movie? Are we all drunk? No, are we all sitting at the table eating dinner and we're all kind of there chatting together, but you're still at the dinner table? Well, I mean, I think, like I said, a peck on the lips, a little hug, a little caress that's brief and just affectionate, that's fine. But the moment really? I think it, we sense that it's getting sexual and it's it's turning the other person on, I think that's the moment where we're all like, eh! and I just wanted to make the point that I think in Quebec, we're still a little bit more open and comfortable with physical or, or public displays of affection than we are in the rest of Canada. Because I think we have bisou here, right? So we're used to kissing each other on the yes. cheek versus in, say, Alberta, that's unheard of. And you're, you know, at most hugging your friends or hugging your friend's husbands. Um, but as it relates to public displays of affection. I mean, I'm not one to judge, but I mean, when it makes me uncomfortable is when, you know, it gets a little gropey, gets a little intense and you, you, we sense each other's energies. Interesting. We have a couple of texters. They said one person has texted us at 514-800 saying, I start filming them. Hashtag Jeez. PDA. <laughs> Do you sell the clips? <laughs> uh, I wonder. That would not be nice. Creepy. Uh, somebody else said, on the Metro home from work, young couple going at it. Sound of heavy smooching plus hands. I almost said you can get arrested. They were disgusting. So they, oh, Davison, no, no, this is I, what you were saying. Yeah, uh, but but no, actually, I was going to give a caveat for younger people. They might not have a room to go to. They okay. might be forbidden by their parents to be affectionate. So this is their only place to kind of make out. I'm not saying that we should give them a pass, but just maybe, you know, and also they're young, they're in love, they're still passionate and still keen on, on intercourse. So let them explore because we start to get a little bit indifferent to it and more disgusted by it, unfortunately, the older that we get. So let the kids have their fun. I'm that old that I can say that. There's an interesting one saying, I find it hilarious sometimes when I'm in public around a couple my age, 20s or 30s, a couple will look at me and all of a sudden the woman is all over the man. 
it looks like overcompensation because before looking at me, they are a mile apart. That is really interesting. Mm. That sounds like exhibitionism. We're talking about public displays of affection. The CanadaGuide.com in their culture, manners, and etiquette section, they're saying that Canadians are not so open to public displays of affection, that cuddling and passionate kissing is maybe not okay. And, you know, sometimes they're easy to ignore, but mostly we consider sex lives a private matter. We talk about, we don't like to talk about or hear about other people's sex lives either. I'm wondering, how do you feel? 514-800. You're listening to Passion. We're on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. My name is Paris. Dr. Lori is away on vacation. She's going to be back with you guys next Monday. I'm going to keep her chair warm until then. Tonight, uh, we are talking with Davison. We're discussing sex in the news. We're going to talk about... One Night Stands coming up. This is Passion on CJD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Lori is away. My name is Paris. I'm keeping the chair warm for her while she's away. Joining me in studio is media producer and host Davison. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We've been talking about public displays of affection, the Canada Guide on Culture and Manners, saying that Canadians, as a society, we don't like public displays of affection. Apparently, we're a little more conservative. Uh, during the, the break, Davison asked me how I felt about it because I didn't talk about it. I'm a little less comfortable with it than you are. How so? I don't... Like, if some if we're at a dinner table... I don't want to see my sibling or other people even kissing on the lips. Like, I just don't see why that's necessary. Do you think it's because of how you were raised? I know because maybe, I, I don't know. I wish Dr. Lori was here to maybe explain that, <laughs> <laughs> how I've internalized it. For me, just generally speaking, it's, I don't find it offensive. I could, there could be uh, whatever couple in front of me, whatever your sexual orientation is. And if you're making out, if we're in a club, totally okay. You know, if they're in a park kissing, I'm totally okay with it. But I feel like when you become, when you come in close confines, if you're sitting uh, in public transport, if you're sitting in a movie theater and you're right next to the person, it's just a little uncomfortable when you're with within a circle or in company but if you're in your own private space even if it's public obviously there's limitations like let's not body to body uh, or touch each other like that publicly but if you're making out like totally okay with it I'm just not cool with it if we're at the same dinner table and you're doing it somebody texted and saying it shows they have a lot to be happy about so amen may you celebrate love however you celebrate it there you go I wanted to also talk about uh, what researchers have found about women and one night stands are you ready for this I'm ready do you think women are cool with one night stands or not some are some are not Okay. So although as many uh, as seven out of 10 of us uh, who will experience one night stands at some point in our lives, a new research from Norway suggests how women and men feel about it uh, in the morning and it can vary greatly. So after a previous U.S. study found that women more often regret agreeing to a one night stand than men, the same study found that men regret passing up the chance more than women. 
How interesting is that? Mm-hmm. A team of uh, researchers from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology's uh, Department of Psychology, along with the University of Texas at Austin, wanted to see if the same held true in Norway, and you know, basically just to see if this is cu- cross-cultural. Uh, supposedly more, because Norway is apparently more sexually liberal and egalitarian country than the United States. So for their research, the team recruited 263 men and women aged 19 to 37, and they had all at least experienced a one-night stand one time in their life. The team found that the same pattern in Norway existed as in the U.S., with around 35% of women and only 20% of men regretting the experience to some degree. Women were also more likely to feel unhappier about the experience, with just 30% reporting that they were happy about their most recent casual experience, compared to over 50% of men. Are you surprised? Not at all. The results also showed that when it came to turning down the offer of a one-night stand, nearly 80% of women were happy that they said no, (laughs) and only 43% of men were happy that they said no. How interesting. Well, it's, be- it's the way that men experience sexual pleasure and desire, sexual release. They get more of a sexual release out of it. Women, for the most part, were still predominantly emotional creatures, and you usually fail to get much of an emotional payoff from a one-night stand. You may stand, and you may get a, a, some sexual release, but again, too, as a woman, it's a little bit more complicated to get uh, sexual release than a man, you know. The researchers actually added to that, saying when explaining possible reasons for the differences, the team suggested that it could be that women worry, worry more and are less likely to partake in risky behavior than men. Yes. However, they say this theory doesn't explain the differences in reactions after the event. So further questioning ruled out the idea that women feel more regretful because they do not get as much sexual pleasure out of a one-night stand as men do, with the team also suggesting that pregnancy concerns, STD infections, and getting a bad reputation could instead help explain the patterns. And then there's a Dr. Buse. He's an evolutionary psychologist, and he's one of the co-authors of the study. He says women and men differ fundamentally in their sexual psychology. A key limitation on men's reproductive success historically has been sexual access to fertile women. These evolutionary selection pressures have created a male sexual mind that is attentive to sexual opportunities. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And that uh, they continue into saying women and men differ fundamentally in their sexual psychology. A key limitation on men's reproductive success historically basically leads to saying that they are always in search. Yes. And that they are always more open to it. And then what do they say of women? They don't comment on that. Oh, really? No. Well, we're always bearing the risk of pregnancy, Well, they, the, which is what you had said previously. So, yeah. of course, we're just wired for it to be less appetizing because we're left with much longer term consequences than usually men, men are. are. It actually says because women are restricted in how many children they can have, they instead go for quality over quantity to pass good genes onto their children and produce a good environment in which to raise them. I'm I'm curious, do our listeners agree? 514-800, have you had a one-night stand and have you regretted it and why? I'm so, so curious. Have you ever dealt with, I've dealt with a friend who we were, I think I was 16 years old and she had a one-night stand with this guy that she had a crush on and I think 16 is a little young 
I was now that I look back and she was very worried because she had agreed to um, basically go ahead without a condom and Mm -hmm. she was terrified that she was pregnant and that scared me like just witnessing I feel like somebody telling you to walk away from a one night stand is one thing but actually witnessing the terror in someone puts a certain kind of fear in you how how have you viewed one night stand in your experiences um I mean I think I engaged in all of my one night encounters when I was younger uh, and that was just due to sexual exploration um, I think as I got older, of course, my standards <laughs> became higher and higher and my demands more and more emotional. Um, I, I mean, I was never scared out of the notion of a one night stand. Uh, but I think I learned through experience that it wasn't very emotionally satisfying and that I, I think it's, it's just better to take it slow sometimes, slow okay. and steady. And what about the stigmatization? Was that something, because that's on the list here that concerned women, is that reputation? Well, I mean, I didn't speak to anybody else about my experiences, so nobody would necessarily know. I never really, really, I never really concerned myself with my reputation sexually. I don't know what my friends said, but we were a pretty open-minded group. Um, so I, I, I do I think that, I mean... Perhaps if I worked in an office or, or, you know, now as an adult, maybe if, you know, people want to gossip when they're bored and if there was a girl who always was talking about her adventures with a new guy every Friday, I mean, I'm sure people would start to be like, well, she's rather easy or especially the older women, right? Because you get more conservative sexually, the older you get, generally speaking. Do you? I th- I think so. Have you gotten more conservative? Not to in my attitudes towards other people. I mean, before I was quite liberal, saying that young people should be allowed their public displays of affection because right. they might not be able to be affectionate anywhere else. Right. Um. But I am more conservative for myself. I I don't have that curiosity in the same way anymore. Okay. Um. And I'm not seeking that out. I I just I find one night stands to be empty and temporary. And if you if you are that attracted to a person that you want to have sex once, why just once? It feels like you're cutting, you're selling yourself short. You're cutting it off before you get to the good stuff. Because you just maybe want to try it one time just to see what it was like. Well, that's why I did that when I was younger, because I was curious to explore new partners. But now that I'm older, if I'm that attra- if I'm attracted enough to a person that I want to do it once, that probably means I want to do it 10 times. Okay, then. On that note, you're listening to Passion. <laughs> we are on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. Uh Somebody just asked, stupid question, can a one night stand be with a coworker can a one night stand with a coworker ever end well? Let's sit on that one for a minute. It depends it on depends. Yeah, it really depends. But we'll we'll come back to that. Coming up we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sexual harassment. If you've ever witnessed it, if you would ever consider stepping in, And should you step in, we're also going to talk about the benefits of being single. My name is Paris. I'm filling in for Dr. Lori on Passion. She's going to be back with you on the 27th. Right now, it's 1030 and it's time to get the latest from the CJAD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CJAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Passion. Like you just heard, my name is Paris. I'm filling in for Dr. Lori, who's away on vacation. 
all of next week as well. She's not going to be back this Monday, but she'll be back the following Monday on May 27th. I'm keeping her chair warm. And tonight, Davison, media producer and host, is joining me in studio to help out, to answer these questions, and to basically give her feedback on what she thinks on the latest that I found on sex and love and relationships in the news. Davison, where can people connect with you? They can find me at Davison Video on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, though I don't use it much, and of course on Patreon.com slash Davison Video. You know what's really interesting? Every time recently when people uh, talk to us on the show, on a panel, Facebook is always the last one. They're like, I'm not really active on Facebook anymore. See me on Instagram or see me on Twitter. It's really interesting to see that phase out. Yeah, well, I just think it's a socially negative experience. And also, they're they're more likely than ever to give you penalties and strikes that disable your page for like seven days to a month. It's just not worth it. It's a huge headache. Okay. So we've been talking about a one-night stand Uh, There was research done that talked about basically women regretting it uh, versus men regretting it. And so I put the question out to our listeners, 514-800, to let us know if you've had one, would you ever have one? How did you react to yours? Uh, Somebody texted in saying, can a one-night stand with a coworker ever end well? I would say wait until Trouble Tuesday on May 28th and you can get a professional opinion from a doctor from Dr. Lori. She'll be back on that day. But from what I know and what I've seen, it really honestly depends on the person. Absolutely. And your agreement with that person, if you're mature adults heading into it out of curiosity, then yeah. But if, if you're not a hundred percent confident and trustful of the other person, I would say no. And don't have an affair. Affairs are always a bad idea. Thank you. And we had another texter add in saying, I had quite a few one night lays, no standing involved and recently stopped going on dating sites because I feel I was selling myself short. There you go. Now I choose to only talk to men in public and I am holding off before jumping into the bed because a lot of these flings go nowhere, especially when guys end up being married and just (laughs) make an appearance when it's convenient for them. Yuck. Wow. Thank you to whoever texted that. I feel like these are things that we share with our friends or that we hear one-offs of, but no one publicly shares. And I bet you there's so many people who've gone through that. Yeah, and can relate to it. And good for raising your standards. Good for knowing yourself emotionally and and honoring your needs. Your needs are important. If you want to share your stories, 514-800. I wanted to talk about a viral Twitter thread on sexual harassment. It's actually quite long, so I'm going to spare you guys from all of the details but the gist of it is there was a person on an airline and they witnessed a teenager in the row behind them being spoken to in basically a manner that was not correct by an older gentleman so it started off quite innocently the gentleman trying to start conversation with this younger girl who was in her teens who separated from her family the gentleman asked her what she wants to do when she grows up the girl said she wants to be a ceo and it escalated from there because he kind of laughed at her and then it got into to, you know, the person in the front row could tell that the man was looking at her in a questionable way, also asked her for pictures at one point. And then when the gentleman went to the bathroom, this person intervened. The person behind the the two individuals, the gentleman and, and the teenager, was also witnessing this. So several people witnessed this exchange and the gentleman was confronted afterwards. Uh, but again, this is... 
this happened because people were paying attention and decided to step in. If no one had paid attention and quote unquote minded their own business, this gentleman would have gotten away with, you know, getting putting this teenage girl in an extremely uncomfortable position. And I'm just curious, have you ever witnessed somebody being harassed? Have you ever stepped in? Would you ever step in? Uh, hash, uh, I was going to say hashtag, but no, 514-800, let us know. This is a conversation I actually started a little bit earlier with other individuals here. And uh, they said it depends on the culture because somebody actually said that their uncle always says, if it's not your woman, it's not your business. Wow. That's disheartening. That you would not step in. And then they were like, well, what if you were witnessing someone getting hit? And he kept saying, if it's not your woman, not your business. So how how have you reacted? Have you ever witnessed it and how have you reacted? I've witnessed people getting into physical altercations, but I actually don't think beyond catcalling that I've ever seen a woman sexually ha harassed in front of me. I certainly myself have been sexually harassed. Recently, I went to a coffee shop wearing these pants. They're very floral. They're like floral, floral yoga pants. And this older man said to me, wow, those are some nice floral pants. I'm like, oh, thank you. And then he proceeded to go, no, really, those are really great floral pants, like the pattern and the way they hug your curves. And I was like, oh, God, God. I'm like, thanks. And I just kind of walked yeah. away with my thumbs up and kind of eyed the barista who had overheard the exchange. And I think he, the, the barista was, was probably willing to be like, okay, dude, tone it down if you wouldn't have stopped, you know, complimenting my pants so enthusiastically. Um, but I mean, how I usually get out of this situation is that I myself like laugh it off and go like, yeah, okay, dude. Like, you know, and just kind of defense just to laugh it off. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if I were to see a woman like a guy, like guys getting rapey towards a girl or grab a girl, of course I'd say something be like, yo, stop. And I, I'm not afraid to jump in because my mother's like that. Right. Um, I mean, I, do I think people should speak up? Yeah. I mean, especially if a minor is involved, people should be like, excuse me, stewardess, this man won't leave this girl alone. Um, and that's what happened. And what's really interesting in this article, it says FBI investigations into midair sexual assaults increased by 66 percent. 66 percent from Gross. 2014 to 2017. They also attempted to reach Transport Canada to determine Canadian stats, but the answers uh, didn't immediately come. So they were not available at the time of printing. Uh, they were also saying that this thread had uh, basically a lot. There was a lot of conversation in this thread on Twitter that we're talking about. By the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking about an incident on an airline where a woman witnessed a teenager being uh, sexually harassed by a man and was live tweeting this on Twitter and it basically went viral. And in this thread, a lot of men were surprised at how common and universal these experiences can be and wondered what they could do to help. And according to this article, they actually have a few tips. Somebody said, take a picture. We have a texter who says, take a picture and film them, then call the police. Men and women have been stabbed when they intervened. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, on an airline, it's less likely because they usually remove the sharp objects. But I mean, I'm, sh I'm sure you could be assaulted. For sure. In a confined space, it's really scary, especially if you want to, depending on the time of day, depending on how alone you are, depending on the fact like. Whether or not you know what the situation is, it's kind of scary to kind of put yourself in the line of fire. Well, I think once the adrenaline gets going in you, then you probably make different decisions than if you're calmer, right? And you are more willing to take risks if your adrenaline gets going. If I see a girl being victimized, I'll stop thinking with my, you know, calmer brain and I'll just take 
take the risk, I think. Right. They're talking about um, community intervention, and there are the ABCs of bystander intervention. I'm going to tell you what they are coming up. You're listening to Passion. Davison is co-hosting with me tonight. We're going over sex, love, and relationship news, and you are most welcome to join in 514-800. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the show. My name is Paris. We're in the long stretch with Davison, host and media producer. We've been talking about uh, a thread. Actually, before I get back into the story, we're not discussing, I mean, sex in the news and relationships in the news. There's no bigger news right now than the abortion laws that are going into effect in the in into certain states in the United States, Alabama, the first one. And there's other states that are probably going to be joining in, in signing this Bill and, you know, Davison during the commercial break brought up the fact that we're not going to discuss it. I decided not to discuss it because it's been discussed at length. And Davis and I both don't have opinions that vary greatly from the mass conversation. So we're saving you from that. And that's why we're not discussing it. But we're fully just to put it out there that we're fully aware that there is this major news going around. We just didn't have I don't feel like I have anything to add that would add to the brilliant uh, op-eds, the brilliant conversations that are already being had. Yeah, I, I believe that everything should be pro-choice everywhere because women will die if it's not. But that's that's my opinion. And I think Paris shares in that opinion. <laughs> so we were talking about a, a Twitter uh, feed that went viral. It was based on um, a sexual har- harassment complaint made against a gentleman during an, uh, a flight where he was harassing a teenage girl. It was being witnessed by uh, two individuals in the rows in front and behind. There was a complaint made. The uh, gentleman, there was a complaint made against a gentleman. And we were talking about what to do if you do witness uh, somebody being harassed and somebody brought up uh, one of our texters said take a picture or film it and then call the police because uh, men and women have been stabbed when they've intervened somebody else said I want to carry around a long rod that shocks people and if I saw that shock him right between the legs violence is not the answer and the point of this conversation is to to basically talk about what you know what circumstances you are not risking yourself when intervening and how you can intervene. And according to an expert uh, in this article, it says, I call it the ABCs of bystander intervention. It's number one, assess for safety. Number two, be with others. And number three, care for the survivor. So the number one thing you don't want to do in situations like this, according to this article, is think that it's your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to save this human. So you can start Uh, with a friendly intervention by asking the person who's the victim, hey, how are you? And that way you can kind of gauge the situation. But in no way should you put yourself in harm's way. There's somebody else who uh, said, take a picture and film it, call 911 if you have to, if it uh, gets, you know, more intense. But the intervention, the concept is community intervention and making sure that a victim knows that they're not alone in that situation. And if that, that victim knows that there's somebody else watching, they may have more strength in being able to determine in, in, in order to de- defend themselves. Whereas when you feel alone, you would react differently. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, would you ever in a situation like that, be afraid 
of getting involved to the point that you would just walk away. Cause I don't, I mean, reading this, it says like, don't get yourself hurt. Don't get involved, walk away and, and you're not responsible for it. But honestly, if I'm seeing something very violent, I haven't been witness to it, but I don't know that if I, I would be able to walk away without calling 911. Yeah. I, I think that, the, that my answer to you would be that I would call 911 instead of intervening. I would get the authorities to intervene. Okay. There is interesting. It says uh, there's a therapist who's quoted here. Jordan Piccolo says that while uh, she's not sure the number of incidents of sexual harassment have declined since the Me Too movement has emerged, because there's some who say that it has, but there's not enough evidence, according to this researcher, she says it has created a space for people to recognize and name their experience for what they are. Unacceptable harassment, assault and violence. Do you feel that's more true now because of the Me Too movement? Perhaps, yes. Perhaps or you are, because I feel like we've had this conversation multiple times on different panels where even men are saying they're more cautious now because they don't want to be called out for, for no reason that they're scared of even complimenting women for it to be taken the wrong way. So I do feel like. Yeah, I think people is, are holding themselves back more. I do think so. Yes. Are they holding themselves back or holding themselves more responsible? Both. Is that a bad thing? Uh, no, uh, I mean, there's no harm in going slow when you're trying to approach someone with okay. intimate intent. Perfect. I was so excited to talk about being single. Okay. We have a few minutes. Just yeah, we do. Get to the point. What are the advantages of being single? Apparently. So we're going to go really quick through this, unfortunately. Um, this article uh, on Huffington Post that I found is by researcher Dr. Elia Keen Kislev says there are many benefits to being single. And it says sometimes being single can be lonely. There are few feelings worse than showing up to a brunch only to find that every one of your friends has brought their significant other. But there are many overlooked benefits of singlehood. According to Dr. Kislev, he's a research and fellow assistant professor at Hebrew University in Israel. He studied the subject at length and he's written about it in a new book called Happy Singlehood, The Rising Acceptance of and Celebration of Solo Living. Okay. And it says that one benefit is you're not stuck in an unhappy marriage. It says single people have stronger social networks. Okay. Do you believe that? Uh, yes, because they have to rely on more people because they don't have a, a partner. They don't have that family unit that a partner provides. So, yes. Single people are better educated, apparently. Uh, he looked at... Um looked at education rates amongst married people, divorced people, cohabitating people, and people who've never been married across 30 different countries. Married people were the least educated overall. Cohabitants were the most educated, followed closely by single people. Single women, Kislev points out, are even more likely to be educated than single men. And we ran out of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on, on this. We're going to have um, the millennial panel next week and I'm going to talk ab I'm going to talk about being single and being in a relationship and see what their take is because the research findings are incredibly interesting. Davison that went by really quick. It did. It flew by. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Media producer, host, where can people connect with you and find you? They and what do they find when they find you? They find a variety of very entertaining and scintillating media. I am at Davison Video everywhere, like the motorcycle, but without the second D. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's it for me. I want to thank you all for tuning in, for texting in your stories. The show's not complete without you. I want to thank Dave Simon for getting the show to air. 
My name is Paris. You've been listening to Passion. And in case you're wondering where Dr. Lori is, she's on vacation over in Europe. You can connect with her at Dr. Lori Batito on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can see what she's been up to. You can connect with me on at Paris Mansuri on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. I'm going to speak to you guys next week. Until then, have a great rest of the evening. Have a great weekend. And remember to fill your life with passion. 